folks, welcome to Blackout at Sunrise. Today's guest is Mr. Ian Ruby, a Cork-based filmmaker, a director and producer. His film, Dead Dogs, which was uh, had its premiere at the 2014 Indie Cork Fis- Film Festival, has won many awards since its release. Festival prizes include Best Feature Drama at the Fort Worth Indie Film Showcase in Texas, Best National Feature Film at Dare Media Underground Film Festival in Cork, and Best Feature Film at the Sky Road Film and TV Festival in Clifton, County Galway. He was also a member of Cork band Cortex, for which he provided visuals. Cork were an intensely heavy and loud band with 11 members in total, was it? Yeah, at our height we had 11 and then it fluctuated in numbers the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and it, they had an all too brief but very interesting two-year lifespan. We might get on to Cortex in a, in a later stage, um, cool. Ian, but cheers, man. Welcome. Thanks for calling over. Cheers. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, we might start with Dead Dogs, Ian, if that's okay with you. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned it had its premiere at the 2014 Indie Cork Film uh, Festival. Um, so how did it, man, it must have been, I was thinking it must have been a really proud moment, even before all the awards had come in, to see it on the big screen. And then, like, for for people to kind of actually go, wait a minute, this is actually a really good film, and to, like, for it to win prizes at festivals. Oh, it's yeah. been a really pro moment. It was, f- it was absolutely crazy. Like, yeah, it was even when we when we shot it in two thousand and thirteen, the indie festival was on, just when we finished shooting. And what my friend Rob, who's the producer on it, the co-producer and the DOP on the film, he was working as a projectionist for Indie Cork. And one day between screenings, I was around town, and he said, "Come down there to the Gate Cinema and fucking." Actually, I don't know if I should tell this story. No, I'll tell it anyway. But um, he <laughs> said, he said, he said, come down to the Gate Cinema, and he had one of the fucking tapes, and we watched just like two seconds of the rushes on the big screen, just the two of us on the screen, and I was like, that's fucking unbelievable, oh, man. And yeah. then a year later, we watched the whole film with two hundred people <laughs> in the screening room. Because yeah, you, know, you think about all the awards and stuff, which is fair enough. But I was like, that moment. It must be like when a band release a fuck amazing album or something. You know, where you're like that moment where you're like. Okay, that's my work on a massive screen in an actual cinema. You're not watching it on your phone or no, something, you know. It's when did it start? Um, the idea for the movie did you did you script it yourself? Was it was it a a very personal project for you? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like I I, I kind of just I was always into movies and stuff like that, and I did the course in St John's. And um, anyway, I started writing like a script. I wanted to write a feature length script. It was around 2012, I'd say. And basically I started writing this thing about like fucking two small time kind of drug dealers. And it was so shit like, it was like, it was like fucking proto love hate set in Cork okay, shit okay. it was just so bad it was all like you owe me fucking 10 euros <laughs> and all this kind of stuff sounds like I'd watch it it though. was nuts it was all like you better have the drugs tomorrow Mickey or you're fucking dead <laughs> and it was just and I was just going like this is dead like. but then after <laughs> I'm sold already <laughs> but, but, but after like about 60 pages which is a lot of work like that is a lot of work I realised that it is awful and that I don't know anything about the that world and I was just going like I'm just writing bullshit here and it's and it, at best it would be a bad imitation of a bad film yeah, yeah so i just stopped but there was something in there and most of it was kind of the characters like one of the characters was like this kind of young fella that they all kind of bully and stuff and then another character was a kind of a fella who was really tightly wound and had this kind of like undercurrent of violence in him and both of those characters are kind of kept 
but then just started thinking you know you like you just kind of go off on these flights of fancy and it's going like, so what else is going on in their lives like and why are they like outside why are they the way they are there they are yeah it's like why outside of like fucking doing unconvincing drug deals what else is going on and then that's where kind of the ideas for dead dogs started going on and then like the character the female character lisa was from a script that i wrote a couple of years before totally different and then it was like well i could throw her into the mix as well because she'd fit there and then basically that was the character played by Irene by Irene Kelleher she yeah. was brilliant in the movie superb yeah unbelievable she's um, yeah she was unbelievable in fairness it was yeah. it was incredible like the, the performances that I got and the actors that I got it's just blind luck like I mean the the cast are fantastic across the board and most of them are really busy really amazing actors so to yeah. get them involved in something from like my what I considered my little project was just incredible like but like yeah that's kind of where the script kind of came from then it was just like making like just this kind of free for free free form ideas like i never had a idea to write into a full script i was just coming up with different ideas and eventually then maybe a narrative kind of formed mm. it's probably like yeah i'm trying to relate to the stuff i do with probably like piecing bits of a riff together to make an entire song you know it's like yeah. it's like a continual work in process i suppose that's it yeah. it was because it's like you'd have these individual scenes or images and you'd kind of go like oh man i'd love to see a bit in a film where somebody does this and then maybe you can fit it into your story later on so it's kind of like that it's a massive undertaking man to like make a feature length film yeah it must have been a huge learning curve for you it? yeah it's mad it's like i'm dying to do another one now just so i can not do the same mistakes that I did last time and do all new mistakes but yeah. like because you never stop like you nuances need. they're not mistakes they're nuances <laughs> <laughs> there was so much like yeah that like we could have done differently but at the same time like I had to do it like you know what I mean I mean you'll never start doing something unless you start doing it so it was a it was a big enough undertaking all right but like there's kind of like there's a model out there it's almost like a business model of how you can make small movies like we, or you can say or you're like well, you don't like saying cheap either but you know what i mean like like budgeted movies and there's filmmakers like in ireland terry mcmahon his first film charlie casanova was like like it was 900 euros or something and that got sold to like studio canal the same company that like distributes the hurt locker and all these like massive movies like but like so and then there's America there's filmmakers in the states like Joe Swanberg and stuff like that and the Dupla the Duplass brothers who make movies for again pretty much no money but what you just need is a kind of a like a model like you kind of go like okay a limited amount of characters in a limited kind of space and you maybe even put a time frame on it and like you know no car chases or explosions or anything like that you almost have to think of it as like a theater setup then in the sense you know what i mean that you absolutely have a controlled area almost and absolutely you have to work within those boundaries that's it yeah you've you've massive boundaries on on you and it's good to even impose kind of boundaries on yourself as well because then i don't know what you kind of it, it makes you think more creatively kind of rather than just kind of if you had money then you could do if you can do anything you want you know what i mean but when you don't then you just kind of have to i don't know yeah you kind of work work to your limitations in a sense you know absolutely because it could very easily run away from you you know oh yeah that you could go okay like you say let's have a car chase and fucking planes burning up so you're like wait where does this end and i mean like fucking and you just see like what's so hard people i don't know unless you're making films do people understand how hard like the simplest things are i mean like 
just getting a fucking a dog to do what you wanted to do yeah, yeah. for two seconds. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. Be and dead, dog. Be dead. All this exactly, all this kind of stuff, and just the just the sheer logistics of moving actors and crew from one place to another, and you're under a strict time limit, like because you have to get everyone home in time for dinner, and then you're kind of going like, right, we've twenty minutes to do this. Okay, where's this person? He's gone to the shop for a roll. Fuck's sake. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's, you can. <laughs> but that's the way it is. Like that's the way life is. That, yeah. There's no. There's no ideal. But it's almost it becomes. Um, I suppose it's like project management as well as director as well as absolutely you can see why probably maybe massive movies would have like different people to do very specific types of jobs to take away a lot of the stress definitely so the writing came first would mm-hmm. you have seen yourself as a writer initially that led to film or was it always a case that you wrote to maybe produce film yeah no I always kind of write to kind of produce films mm. alright like I mean I'd, 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 I'd yeah like I'd like to try and I think that I'd maybe would like to maybe one day just write scripts and give them to somebody else and okay. stuff like that but I'd have to you got to get paid kind of you know if you're yeah. going to do that but since I'm not in a kind of a professional capacity I just write stuff now that I know I'm going to do and that so like I just want to direct movies like so that's why I'm I, I'm generating my own ideas like and they're personal to me so that's that's part of it as well like. that's it so like maybe if you sold a script to someone you might lose the vision that you'd have for it and then you'd look at it after and go oh, I I had a different idea for this or that and the other or whatever absolutely yeah. yeah so even trying to the the logistics of starting to make a movie so you 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 had the script taking the script to the first day on set so to speak yeah what was involved there I, mean, I imagine um, a lot a lot even recruiting actors and how did you even decide oh, yeah. who to get to play whatever parts absolutely like one of the the first thing I did was that I went to Rob anyway, who's the co-producer, and I basically said, "Look, I've this script. What do you think?" Rob of it? O'Halloran. Rob O'Halloran, okay. yeah. And um, I went to Rob O'Halloran, and I basically he read the script and he really liked it, like he loved it. And we'd been talking about it even before I even finished writing the script. I was like, "Oh, I've got this idea," and we were batting things around and stuff. And anyway, basically, I went to him and I kind of goes, "Look, I've got this idea for a script. We need like three houses, and maybe like seven actors and a crew and stuff like that." And then basically we just started to build it up between ourselves. We were going to go, oh, we could do this, we could do that and stuff. And like we had a crew on board, but then it didn't work out with that crew. So we had to go and cobble together a whole new crew. In More terms of like a shooting crew, was it like yeah, that? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, in terms of like, yeah, in terms of, yeah, a DOP, sound recorders, everything. Okay. Like the, the crew at its height was like seven people. Like, so there was like myself and Rob on camera. There was two different people doing the sound rotating, so it was like mini Ian O'Callaghan or Kevin O'Leary, depending on a, a given day. And then there was um, a makeup artist, Kira Kira Hicks, and um, there was an assistant director, Michael Hooley, who's a friend of mine. And then there was um, Fiona Flavin, who did like production design on some of the scenes, and then just kind of like general helping things along kind mm, of work yeah. like making sure that people got to where they were supposed to be making sure that we had food for certain breaks and stuff like that so there was only ever seven of us and rarely ever seven of us at the same time okay sometimes it was like two of us like you know okay uh so yeah recruiting the crew was the was the first thing anyway i presume maybe because you said at the start that you you studied that did you kind of I presume you have a lot of maybe friends who are kind of involved in it in some degree, you know, so filmmaking. So did you feel like you had a good web of people to maybe contact or was it? Kind of. Well, you see a lot of the people that I would have went to college with. Some of them I don't think maybe do film anymore. And then some other people, they've all drifted off to the UK or Dublin or something like that. Everyone's kind of gone to where maybe the, the hubs are. So it was a bit kind of 
some of the crew had no experience whatsoever of making movies they just wanted to be involved like and i was like that's fine that's no problem we'll teach you how to do it <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. which was like hold his boom it was it was, that, it was yeah. literally stuff like that it was like point this microphone at his face when he talks and stuff <laughs> like that you know it was but like everyone you know everyone knew what they were doing yeah. but um yeah so like ca- getting getting that crew together i didn't have maybe as massive a crew base as i could have and plus as well the thing is with film is that like it's so hard making money i think that like people it's really hard to ask people to take on jobs for pretty much for free like you know what i mean so even though i was trying to do this thing like i still didn't want to feel like i was taking not that i was taking advantage of people but like pulling people out of the work pool like like say somebody says oh yeah i'll work with you for fucking for two weeks to do this and then they end up getting offered a paid job like you know they obviously they'd have to they, i'd be like take the paying job. job yeah but i didn't want to be selfishly enough i didn't want to end up in that position where i lose a crew member yeah. halfway through the shoot you know yeah. what i mean because did you have strict timelines oh yeah we had very strict um we had a very strict timeline because i always found just from like following other projects and just from like read research on the internet of different movies and stuff like that i always found that the ones that seemed to succeed most were ones that were done in a specific time frame was like right we're doing we've 13 days to do this we've two weeks to do this and that's the end of it like obviously there are movies that were made over a period of months that worked out but i just that's just too that's that's just too much of a risk for me basically because anyone could have got a job anyone could have moved away from cork or anything you don't want to lose that impetus or energy then because if it starts to drag on then people go oh i'm kind of sick of this absolutely yeah. and i knew i would have gotten sick of it like definitely not sick of it but i would like it's so hard that you you want to do it while you want to do it kind of so yeah we had a very strict time frame of like we did it over f- we did it over like four weekends and we had to get it done as well in those four weekends because carol carol man o'connor who plays don was moving to brazil um so we had to get it done there was no options of reshoots or anything like that so like yeah it was definitely a bit of a, a tight way you see don's actor he changed he's a totally different actor Wait a second. <laughs> i was like that wouldn't have worked in this movie at all i'd be like how would i make this work in terms of the script now and he was amazing in it as well phenomenal yeah i actually had to contact him and <laughs> actually after the after seeing it because yeah that blew me away there were and he's a he was a west limerick man which is kind of like that's where i'm from oh cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i was like and they were brilliant absolutely brilliant he's yeah he was superb he invested so much into the character like we'd have just these like massively long chats about what's going on what, what what's he going to do here like he was just he was so invested in it like and it really showed on every scene in it like that he's really like inhabiting the character in these scenes like in a fantastic way like he was so professional and so good like immersed in it actually Minnie was telling me that um that scene where he's punching the wall you know he breaks into yeah. Lisa the character Lisa's house yeah. and he starts punching the wall that he actually had to that he, he was at, he was actually punching the wall that blood on the wall yeah was genuinely for me that's real yeah you can see you can see blood on the wall he really hit it like that's maybe like maybe well we did like that was like eight takes okay. <laughs> so maybe that was a bit my fault but um at the same time it just worked get a incredibly <laughs> i know yeah i was freaking out because there was still like about four days left of shooting and i was like oh my god how are we gonna like disguise the fact that he's a massive busted up hand <laughs> just shoot his face <laughs> for <laughs> everything i was freaking out but it turned out to be okay like we just put a lot of ice in it and stuff but carl in credit to him like didn't even want to stop like we were like just relax a minute we'll put some ice in it and he was like no we'll go again we'll finish it off now which is just amazing like you know that that's just the dedication there is unbelievable like how did you find carl and say irene in particular um like how did you source them you know as a 
as to play the characters. I found Carl True. Who is this now? Okay, um, Killian Collins. He'd be a friend of mine. He's um an actor and a director. He's a theatre director, and um we worked on a couple of things together over the years in theatre and stuff. And I when I had the script together, I kind of said he he'll know everyone you know that kind of way and he's really i think he's really good at casting as well like any of the plays that he worked on he always kind of gets the right person so i brought him the script and he goes could you just read that and maybe give me some recommendations and one of the recommendations was carol basically and um i just wrote to him and i said look um killian said that you might be the kind of guy who'd be interested in this and i sent him the script and carol was like all in with the script so then we met up and we had a cup of coffee and stuff and I was like, yeah, that's him because I didn't do any normal, aud- I don't do any kind of auditions. I just meet the person and get a sense of them and and then we'd see if we want to work together. And that's like, that was the same with Carl, Irene, Shane. Irene and Shane came by because I put out on like Facebook a call for actors and they replied to that. Like I got loads of replies. It was actually like I did nearly, I nearly had a new job. Like just, just sourcing through CVs and stuff like that. But they were two people who really jumped out at me. And then when we had chats, like I was like, yeah, definitely. Man, it must be nice to get that sense of certainty with a person because, like, it's not like you can go start filming and then halfway through it you kind of go actually I, I don't really like how he's doing this or whatever you know yeah it's nice to have that vibe at the start where you go okay these are the people to do this for me you know absolutely yeah no that's kind of yeah you really do need that right in fairness like and yeah like and oh, oh yeah you, you you don't want to have any kind of uncertainty once you yeah, start all right yeah. or even no ambiguity you, like yeah just, yeah or even if you do then you just kind of start going like okay how am i going to work this into the movie like how am i going to turn this to my advantage because that's pretty much what happened with like most of the film well not most of the film but it was like certain things that happened during shooting not with actors now but just with things like locations or with crew or whatever you kind of go like oh shit something that could have derailed it you just kind of go okay how do we turn this around into something good and it's uh, handy being in cortex as well were you in cortex because you know, yeah there's like a, there's a few scenes where it's practically all of cortex or oh in yeah the scene bar a few members you know yeah it was great how did um like a Fitz or Fitzy, I can't remember Fitzy's character now, but oh, yeah. did you have him pegged to play that character in particular, or pretty much like yeah, he was um uh, he's a mate of Minnie's. I don't think I, w- I don't think I was in Cortex at this time. I wasn't no, I don't think I was in Cortex at this time. But I'd met Fitzy a couple of times through Minnie and stuff like that, and he's just like he's a really sound guy and all that kind of stuff. But I knew that he'd like have the right kind of look and that he'd be able to turn on the demeanor like to do it properly and he really did in fairness to it because he was kind of going he was going like goose well, i never didn't like this before no you know and he was kind of and i was like don't worry about it no we'll, we'll do it like and he turned out being really good in fairness <laughs> like you're really good sometimes when you recognize a face yeah. so much that you kind of it might be hard to kind of see that person play a character and not see their actual absolutely character but no is he he did it really well, man. Yeah, no. Had he any acting experience prior to that? Was I don't think so, no. I don't think so. Not that I, not that I remember talking with him about I don't think he did, really. Mm. But, like, it's like, you know, like, when you... When you're kind of dealing with, like, we'll say, like, non-professionals, it's mostly just a matter of getting everyone to relax, like, and stuff. That's the main thing, because it's like, we're shooting on digital tape. We can shoot for hours at a time. You can't, you know, you can't fuck it up, like, do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And not that it, anyone was going to, but it's just a way that it's like just kind of have a bit of fun with it like yeah, and yeah. you know just kind of do it like and then just giving everyone's different but like giving very specific directions then kind of works for stuff like that you know mm-hmm. yeah that must be mad to actually um uh, to, to kind of step away from the, the filmmaker and step into kind of a 
a director's role yeah know? so i presume you had to do a lot oh yeah on, on 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 set so to speak oh yeah definitely yeah there was a lot of kind of just like chats and stuff like that about just like just kind of trying to help people along and all that kind of stuff like and was it weird did you find any difficulty with that trying to you know was there any times where you went okay you're not doing this exactly how i want it and to try and get your idea across or there was small but not you have to just kind of trust just let the actor do his thing and see how he gets on with it you you kind of do really yeah and then like and then if there is something you just have to be kind of maybe a bit blunt like or well not blunt but it's mostly like again the beauty of doing it on film is i mean on digital, digital is just like you can just kind of go like sure yeah do it that way now and then we might try this as well you know what I mean? oh. so it's like it's all just about kind of compromise like you never want to make a person feel like they're doing it wrong like okay so you just kind of go like that was great but let's let's do this now as well you know that kind of way just try try this like but again like pretty much everybody was really stri- was really switched on the whole time like and i found as well one of the big learning experience of making the movie was that um if there's something wrong like if if, you, if something is going on and it needs loads of takes it's generally something wrong with the script pretty much every time the only times where you're taking a lot of takes and it's not the script is if you're trying to do a complicated like camera move or something and you keep kind of just missing it you know but if you're doing like if you're on like take eight and it's still not working and you can't figure out why it's because it's badly written and there was a couple of scenes like that that are actually most of them are yeah pretty much all of them are dropped from film now but some of the ones i found where we did the most amount of takes i scrapped immediately once it came to editing them and it was because they were poorly written and you just like and you're going like what's wrong like why can't why can't they get it because i'm thinking it's the actors and they're going like why can't they get it but the fact is like you just you can't get it because there's nothing there there's nothing to, to hang on to. to hang on to there's nothing to hang on like they're saying the words that i wrote and they're doing it like i wrote it but it's but it's shit to begin with it's so almost robotic or something exactly yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah and you're going like why is this not working why is this not exciting and it's because it was poorly written to begin with so that was a great fucking learning experience for me from now on it's a good sign of the character as well to kind of go actually your character to go wait a minute this is a shit you know like for that section yeah you, know, you have to i suppose you have to be willing to adapt and change absolutely like yeah. yeah it's just like if something is kind of unnatural it's because i wrote it unnaturally so half the time you either just kind of go like you either just call it or i don't know what like this you know there's nothing can be done like record it and scrap it <laughs> exactly yeah that's that's what we did as well like i might get onto the, the funding and the money side of it sure. but in terms of like the sound equipment the, the the cameras lighting and stuff was it extremely expensive did you have to rent all this equipment not really um rob had his own camera anyway so he had the camera and he had the tripod and then we he borrowed a shoulder rig for some of the handheld kind of scenes um the sound equipment was was um lent out to us really which was a really really massive thing for us as well so that was lent out to us the lights we bought and then after they but we didn't buy film lights like we bought we went to um well actually rob did it he went to um like a hardware shop and got sight lights oh, and then okay. he got so we had one set of those they're on like a kind of yellow tripod those kind of ones and then we had these other ones that are like they're tungsten bulbs but i don't know what kind of lights they are but basically we didn't really end up using them that much because the lighting takes a lot of time which we didn't have and as well it just made the areas look unnatural like i personally my style is i prefer to have something underlit rather than overly lit so generally if i if if we could help it at all i'd be like just fuck the lights let's just turn on what's on here and some of the scenes like a lot of the scenes that take place we'll say in don's living room they were all just bare bulbs that we had in the room like we just figured it out like 
So like It does look a lot more natural I suppose It definitely does yeah. And it suits Work the with your environment You know as opposed to fight it Exactly yeah, yeah Absolutely And there was no point Like you know Like anyone looking at it Can probably see that we didn't have enough money We didn't have much money So there's no So it doesn't it's it's better that it's a bit gritty and grainy like i like it like you know that's what i kind of prefer so that didn't bother me at all like so to be honest we actually really really were lucky and got away with not having to spend too much on equipment and stuff good which was great i mean the majority of money kind of went on fucking food transport and just giving some people a bit of a wage like and stuff like you know like carol came down from limerick every weekend to to perform and all that kind of stuff like so like putting yeah, you can't expect stuff. people to do this out of their own pocket to, absolutely yeah. yeah anything i that that, that was my main aim is just, i just didn't want anyone to be out of pocket by the end of it except me so <laughs> so that's where the money went basically it was just making sure that everybody was okay with what they were doing like did you did you fund the whole thing yourself then or did you have any help from yeah no i funded it so any kind of money that was spent was kind of my money and then other stuff was kind of like we'll say like donated to us like i mean the use of houses like i mean one of the houses that's rob's house like and um another house is my parents house another house is a relation of rob's so like we've all these um like those those were things that like you know they they should have cost money but we got them kind of donated to us luckily enough so but any kind of money that needed to be spent i kind of I, i i'd ship that in like okay did you ever at any point think about approaching like an arts council or something to yeah to see about maybe you could get a grant or whatever i don't know how it works but yeah absolutely there are loads of funding opportunities and stuff like that but just through kind of what i could see from other people making shorts and stuff like that with funding it just it just seems to take time it's like you have to go and pitch it and then they have to decide and then you get it and then like i don't know you have to work with them and sometimes they might bring in like a script editor to help you with the script oh, i just okay. did air quotes there to help you with the script <laughs> Very handsome air quotes. and um just that kind of stuff like and i just i didn't want to do it like i didn't want to wait around because i didn't because i was like i can i i'm ready to go now like and i want to do it now and that was the whole thing behind it because i mean there's legions of people sitting out there waiting for funding to start making a movie while well, i just said i'd go out and do it so now i've won down on my own terms and maybe now the next time that i go for funding i kind of go like this would be great you want to give me some funding and then but yeah even if they don't you have a template you gotta go this is what i do you yeah, know? yeah exactly you yeah. don't want to get bureaucrats involved man sometimes it just like yeah it slows the whole process up and yeah again like you were saying earlier if stuff starts to go on for too long then if you lose the energy and the motivation to do a project you're like ah oh, fuck it that's it like do you need a license to shoot film um wait a minute, like you probably need licenses for shooting in public places and stuff you need like insurance and stuff like that but um that was again another thing that we kind of overlooked okay. which is like i you know we probably i don't know might get her I don't get into any trouble probably but uh, we just kind of did it pretty much none of the movie happens on public places anyway not too much of it but no we just went out and we just went out and shot we just did a guerrilla style we had one day all right where some guards came over to us oh, when yeah, we were shooting the guards were called yeah. yeah um we were kind of um in a spot down outside Blarney and uh we were just doing a scene where it's two characters in a car talking and um Anyway, there was people walking by and somebody called cops anyway and they came down 
and they started asking us. They, they said that somebody was making porn down there, and I was like, this would be the grimmest porn ever. It's fucking <laughs> Saturday morning in the middle of October. Exactly. Yeah, we're all in fucking winter coats. Like, it's you, it couldn't have looked more miserable for There's a porn. There's probably like. a fetish out there, though. There you go, you see. Misery porn. Anything. <laughs> there you go. Anything. Maybe you could approach the arts council with that. Oh, man, they'd love it. But, uh... <laughs> Then yeah, like the guard was asking us, like, what are we doing? And like my temp, my go to thing usually is to say that we're film students, and then they leave you alone. But I didn't do it this time for the reason. I goes, oh, we're just making a film, and he kind of goes, for what? And I goes, eh, just just to do it, like, <laughs> just because we like it. He goes, yeah, but what's it for? And it's going, I don't know, just do it. It's art, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't like, need a reason. If you can't say, like, oh, it's for RTE or something. If I said, oh, it's for RTE, he would have went, like, fine, thank you, go about your day. But I was kind of going, like, eh, no, we just we just want to do it. <laughs> so, and he couldn't, like, think, I was like, and as well, he kind of goes, what's it about? And I had to pitch the whole movie to him there and then, which is a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you send him an invite to the figure? I should have at all, yeah. Um, Oh my god! But um, it was just—it was just hilarious. That's probably one of the, the better stories of what happened while filming. How much did the whole thing cost you? I, I don't know if you want to say it. Sure. Or, but you can. I'm just in- interested. Um, it's kind of—it's kind of still ongoing, to be honest. And I just stopped counting a long time ago. But I think all in all, it cost maybe it, when I stopped counting, it was a little under like five grand. I'd say. Which is pretty good, but at the same time, it's maybe pretty not good as well. <laughs> like when you hear how much some other movies were made for. But what I'm counting in here as well is that, like, like sending it off to festivals and stuff like that. Like I sent it to over forty festivals, and we've been in like four. Okay. Do you know that kind of way. So okay. I mean, but uh, but every one of them costs money. Like. Okay to even just get them to look at it oh really to get it into a festival then yeah absolutely yeah you you pay like whatever like 20 or 30 euros for them just to look at it and then like six weeks later they go like nah and then there's your money gone like so so i did that for like a lot of festivals because i just like really carpet bombed them but then again that's kind of maybe um a learning curve again next time is that i should maybe point pinpoint my festivals a bit better because the ones we did get into we got really good feedback at them and we did and we did well at them so maybe next time i'll just pinpoint things where i think we'll feel welcome rather than just trying to get in everywhere you know? yeah 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 so let's move on to the awards it's oh, one yeah. the, the, they came from festivals that you actually had entered a movie into yeah what was the first one that came in and what did it feel like oh yeah the first one was um uh, oh yeah that was from the this festival in texas it's called the fort worth indie film showcase and um, it's just an up and coming one. I think that this was like the second year of it, you know, but um, they seem to have a really like big program, like a lot of movies being shown and all that kind of stuff. And as far as I could see, no, we weren't. We were we were at it as a feature film and there was another film, a short film called Comic Potential, also from Cork, also starring Irene Kelleher that was shown at it as well, Whoa. which is nuts. Like, yeah, fair play, Irene. It was. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But um. So we were screened at that festival and then it was over the course of like a weekend. Now everyone was kind of going like, you're going to go over to Texas? And I was going like, it would cost more than the whole film to go over. (laughs) So I won't. So yes, I will. (laughs) I just was like, no, unfortunately I can't really make that. I'm mad to kind of even consider the fact that 
there's a, a cinema or a theater full of people in Texas yeah. watching your movie. It's nuts. Like, yeah, uh, it's like. What was the feedback like? Um, uh, pretty good as far as I can, as far as I remember. Yeah, I was kind of emailing one of the guys who was managing the festival, and it seemed to have been pretty good feedback, right? And then like the award was the main kind of bit of feedback we got. Mm. It was like best drama, so I was like delighted with that. Like I was like, holy shit, it was brilliant. Like, but like, did you it, see any of the competition? Or um, no, I saw some of the trailers for the right, and like we won best drama, which is pretty good, and then we lost out on best overall feature film, but we bought we lost out on like a feature film that seemed to be based on the trailer it seemed to be about a man who's an architect by day and a samurai by night <laughs> <laughs> so that i was kind of gutted at that to be honest <laughs> with you it's hard to compete with the samurai <laughs> there you go like so i, I was just oh, like, i feel like oh why didn't i get interviewed that guy <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> he'd uh it looked it looked really interesting and stuff but i was but like God, oh, God. Samurai. God, yeah i'm intrigued it's weird, yeah. If I can remember the name now, I might be able to tell you, but I can't remember. But um, yeah, we lost overall feature to that, so I was like, ah, oh, no. But I was still delighted that we got a, an award, like, and from a foreign festival, no less, like, you know mm. what I mean? So that was the first one that came in? Yeah, that was in, like, oh, shit, I can't remember. It was maybe July or something, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, it would have been, because it was on the weekend of my birthday, so it was a few days after my birthday. So yeah, so that was great. And then in August screened at um, the Dare Media Underground Film Festival. I don't know is it called Underground Film Festival, Underground Short Film Festival, because it was always shorts up until this year when they accepted features. And we were one of the features that were accepted. And it was just, it was deadly. Like we had a screening in uh, Camden Palace and we had a really good crowd at it. It was like on a Monday night and we, we had a really good crowd at it. And it was a great screen and great feedback after like... Like, it met a lot of people who... It's always great when people you don't know, yeah. <laughs> like, come to see it and they're talking. It feels more sincere or something. Because, no, you know, they, they're not Absolutely. trying to butter you up or anything. There you go, yeah. yeah. It was great, like, so we had a great screening with great feedback there. It was really good. And then on the... So that was on the Monday. And then on, like, the Saturday night, we had an award... We had the awards ceremony in the Clarion. And um, I went to that anyway, kind of on my own. Because like, that's the night you did visuals for my band, Horse. For Horse, yeah, that's yeah. right. I was cutting it really close. Because like, that awards ceremony was on at like 8. And Minnie said that you guys wouldn't be on till like half 10 or something. And I was like, sure, that'll be grand. And I was there at like fucking quarter past 10 kind of tapping my watch. <laughs> but, Just um, give you the damn award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, but I was really shocked because I usually thought that you'd get a bit of a heads up before you win an award, you know. So that, you know, if you want to show up to the screening or not. Or if you want to show up to the ceremony or not. But the lads, they didn't say anything to me. But I went anyway, and I went on my own. So that if I didn't win an award, no one would know. <laughs> so, so, Your friends are looking at you yeah, loser. That's it. I didn't bring like five people with me and go like, oh, yes. <laughs> a table full of the, an entourage. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And like nothing. They don't call my name once. <laughs> but luckily enough, they did call my name. It was deadly. And it was mad as well because I was presented with the award by um terry mcmahon the director and basically like seeing how he made his first movie charlie casanova for 900 euros and now he's making fucking like top level movies like you know his film patrick's day was all over ireland and the uk and stuff and europe winning prizes everywhere so like seeing like i took his first movie as almost like a kind of a fucking rallying cry or something going like you can do it for you know if you just have fucking a bit of balls like and a bit of wherewithal you know 
and for that dude then to be giving me the award I was like this is unbelievable like that's class it was man. so crazy full circle almost it was know? mad it yeah. was one of those moments where you're going like holy shit and I was more excited to meet him he was giving me and I was going like oh man it's great to meet you it's great to meet you and he kind of pointed at the microphone and he goes speak into that <laughs> and I goes like alright yeah and then I gave like the most undignified kind of speech ever I was going like thanks everybody I can't believe it I'm just like oh my god and I kept saying Christ as well <laughs> yeah I, I kept I kept going like Jesus Christ I said it about four times because I was so like winded by it because I thought that like I would have fucking so been wonderfully told. Irish I know yeah I thought I would have been told like because even before they gave out all the awards that we were in the bar like and one of the guys who runs the festival he was telling another filmmaker oh you've won best short documentary so we're just going to call your name and you go and I kind of saw that and I kind of went like alright so and then I was waiting there with my point and no one came over to me so when I went in I was like fuck this and then they did call it my name so it was maybe, mental maybe you looked really intimidating then <laughs> maybe yeah it might have been because I knew I was going doing visuals for horse <laughs> after you had to get into was, that frame of mind I was getting in character yeah absolutely <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Let's take a quick break there. Goose, cool. Actually. No hassle. When we're back. What I might talk to you about... Um, Ian is the the fact that you know you said you shot a lot of it on digital oh yeah and uh, I, I don't know have you seen that um, is it side by side it's that documentary done by Keanu Reeves I've heard of it but um, I haven't seen it now it's mad I didn't see it all I only came across it one night on film four and it was on really late and I had to go to, I, was, I, I missed the end of it but um, it was kind of a lot of it was about the fact that um, producers and movie makers in Hollywood were very slow to take on like digital as sure. a, a means of making movies and they actually had a huge meeting of minds in Steven Spielberg's ranch you know where all these massive directors and came in and were like I, I was like Jesus is it that big a deal that people are making film on digital but um, obviously it makes life a hell of a lot easier for independent independent filmmakers yeah. has the technology that technology benefited independent filmmakers Absolutely. hugely Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. basically... It's like made it accessible, you, I suppose. It's, yeah, it's the only way you, you, a lot of people could have made movies. Definitely, 100%. Like, I mean, there's no way I could have afforded a film camera and film and fucking processing fees and all that kind of stuff. It's just... It just... It just... It wouldn't... It's not viable. Like, I mean, there is an argument to say that, I mean, if you had a big enough budget, like even a, a little bit bigger than my budget, then you could have got it done. But... You couldn't have done it like no way I, I couldn't have done it basically it like digital is like it is unfor it is the way forward it is the way of the future really like i mean this kind of thing no you're saying that like okay like these directors got together in spielberg's ranch and oh, obviously there's huge money there, they're all it? fucking they're all multi-millionaires mm, well this is this is a kind of this this was a group of people i'd imagine who were like trying to figure out how can they pull the ladder up now that they're on top yeah. you know what i mean i found it fascinating that it fascinating that it was it was such a big deal but obviously that's that's exactly the point it they really wanted is. did they want to have the control you know what i mean they don't that, want that's it to like, give away the control of filmmaking to every tom dick and harry there you go like you're seeing you're seeing new people coming in and making film new voices basically like because now anyone can make a movie pretty much i mean you've got it all 
in your phone in your in your pocket like pretty much i mean there's feature films now being made on iphones like you know yeah, what i mean shooting 4k and stuff now, so. there you go like yeah. it's it's so it's so doable like and that that's the thing it's just people it's just like the power structure getting worried like that more people are coming in i mean obviously you have a problem where you're kind of going like quality is going to be a problem if so many different people are able to make movies but that'll eventually balance itself out like like any other kind of market like you know it's like music i suppose you know exactly home studios versus um you know big recording studios yeah i mean the cream will still rise to the top like do you know what i mean mm. so i wouldn't like i just like i think that like there's n- there's no but there's no people who are like there's no struggling filmmakers going like, oh, digital is fucking killing us. You know what I mean? If you, if you want to make a movie, then you're going to do it like whatever the means are possible. Like, and it's just the people at the top. It's just it's kind of like being snobbishness. And it's kind of also being like they I guess they kind of rude a fact as well that they didn't maybe have that yeah. coming up as well, like that it wasn't that easy. They probably had it harder than filmmakers do now but the mechanics of shooting film on tape sounds so so much more difficult man that you've certain amount of time where you can shoot and you know digital sounds great <laughs> it's like yeah just press record and keep going oh yeah it's yeah. great i mean we were able to do like 20 minute takes like do you know what i mean there's like a scene in the movie where two of the characters are drinking and they're like talking shit and stuff and like that was a, like a 25 minute take like do you know that i chopped is down. that don and the other guy in the room and richie yeah, yeah in the room like and that was just a big long improvisation basically like because what it was supposed to be was that i just needed footage of them drunk or like drinking and then i put it into a montage but what they were doing was so good that we just made a whole scene of it but like that would have been a lot harder to do on film because a you couldn't you couldn't plan for that because you've 12 minutes in a reel of film like so you yeah. have 12 minutes tops but with digital these kind of things can be allowed to happen you know what i mean you can do these long kind of takes and stuff yeah and, and you, you could afford to go let's do it again let's try it again let's absolutely try it again. yeah all Ed- day like editing must be a whole lot easier as well afterwards um it, it is and it isn't it's easier in that it's it's like your 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 tools that you're using are easier you're just using a laptop you know it's it's a lot easier i think than using i don't know what kind of stuff they used to edit films on film on i can't remember the name but it's easier in that respect but it's harder in the respect that like we were just saying you can shoot and shoot and shoot and then you're just left with reams upon reams of stuff like for dead dogs which is like pretty much 90 minutes on the button we had something like 16 hours worth of tape really like, yeah it was mental i suppose man yeah i was aiming the lad who recorded he recorded cortex oh yeah he recorded us and he was saying like uh you want to get it his philosophy for recording is, is get it as right as you can in the room you know you know yeah. what i mean like to like get it sounding as close to how you want it when you hit record and then you have much more much less work to do afterwards when you're editing i suppose it's the same for filmmaking you know you get it right on the day and then like absolutely know, get, yeah. the, get good take and fucking you know <laughs> worry about the editing afterwards you know absolutely yeah, yeah definitely mm. moving on um We'll talk about your your little uh, career with um, Cortex. Oh, yeah. So, Cortex, like I said at the start, were a very intensely heavy band, um, and it's it's broken up now, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, I don't mm. think there's any plans to do anything in the future. Not that I've known anyway. Okay, okay. How did how did the so you provided visuals for Cortex? How did this come about? Um, oh well, I was living with um, Minnie at the time when he joined Cortex. When Cortex started, basically, and um, after a couple of months, or I don't know, they were good. They were together for a good while, anyway. They'd done a couple of gigs, like in Bradley's and the Crane Lane and stuff. And basically, then they wanted to do a music video, and Minnie kind of asked me, would I be interested in doing it? And they had like an idea. 
and basically was that the video for Father Bastard Son that's the one yeah, yeah. Mm. so basically I was just like yeah definitely and it seemed easy too because I didn't have to do well the idea was a lot different to what it ended up when but what we basically needed was just like a montage of just images fast moving images and I don't know we just decided that they'd be kind of disturbing stuff as well so that was like a, a long weekend of me and Minnie going through our hard drives of our movie collections going like oh this bit's rotten this bit's crazy this bit's disgusting take this take this take this and me just trawling the internet then as well just looking for weird stuff I was typing in like demonic possession and then like finding all different shots of like people in like in the middle of Russia who think they're possessed and they're riding around on the floor and stuff so we got loads and loads of that stuff yeah I was like I'm taking this (laughs) so we got loads and loads of that stuff and then I just cut it on Movie Maker I didn't even it's been it had been so long since I had done any filmmaking stuff that I didn't even have any editing software or anything so I but I had Movie Maker on my laptop so I just put it together on that really raw really roughly and I showed it to the lads and they were fucking happy out with it they thought it was cool and then we just threw it up online and from there then it was kind of like we what we had some kind of conversation anyway myself and noel and minnie and i don't know who else and noel had the idea anyway he was saying from like watching i think it was he was saying like godspeed you black emperor because they do they've a big visual element to their act as well and basically we, he was just kind of going like what, what do you think about doing like the music video live <laughs> while we're there and i was like i'd love to do that because i wanted to do that stuff for years because like, I always do, like going to like electronic gigs and stuff yep. and they often have cool visuals so basically yeah we, we, we got a projector uh, a loan of a projector and we just started doing it anytime they had a gig then we'd get the projector back out and like I just kind of spend a bit of time whenever I could just like going scouring the internet looking for cool visuals and stuff like that or else I'd get them sent to me by like Barry Mulligan would be sending me stuff all the time uh, that he thought was cool he's got really good kind of taste for kind of weird avant-garde stuff so um yeah and and it just it was just it's just it was just great fun getting to go around the country well how many gigs did you play actually uh, I played a good few with them like I played a good few with them in Fred's I, I can't think now exactly I played a good few with them in Fred's and we played the Siege of Limerick once and we played up in Dublin once yeah. and both of those gigs we we, we, we weren't yeah. invited back so <laughs> we, we, it was very pointedly that we only played outside Cork every time we left Cork um, things got a bit out of hand uh, what, uh, yeah what happened <laughs> so like yeah there was you got banned from Dolan's yeah and you got banned from Tinterhooks effectively yeah yeah like did they come out and say look we don't want you back ever is that the case pretty much like okay. yeah well I don't know if Dolan said they don't want us back ever but they definitely kind of said that we weren't really very well yeah I think they did actually say we weren't welcome back but it was mostly it was just like the Dolan's thing was kind of like a health and safety thing um I think it was yeah maybe Liam was climbing up on top of the bar or something like that as part of the kind of the act and um yeah the health and safety like or the bouncers kind of freaked out about it and they turned off the music and stuff and um they turned off the music and then but my visuals were still going and all the lads like stormed off the stage like rock stars and I had to like stay there and like shut down my laptop <laughs> and disconnect everything and <laughs> it was it was a bit embarrassing shut down, shut yeah down. I was like oh god this is this is not going well for me <laughs> being, being the last person left up there when it's just like deadly silence <laughs> 
but um, that was mad. pretty good. Yeah, so that was that was a bit. And of that a was like you were saying earlier. That was in the main floor in the, in the warehouse. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we yeah. were when we were in the middle of the day. It was like about three or four o'clock in the day, I think. And there was a there was a great crowd there and everything. And like apparently, it was like like a lot of people were talking about it afterwards and stuff like that. But of course, like you know it's always when something kind of unpredictable and wild happens that you know people are going to remember it like which is reflected in the music though you know like yeah. you know like at the, the thing about Cortex was like the intensity was ultimately genuine you know oh yeah there was no faking it you know like it's no. just no like it we was genuine it was honest yeah and crazy and beautiful you know we never once, well, I was, no, no one ever, ever had a conversation going, I'm going to do this now and it'll be fucking mad. Nobody ever, like, we'd be sitting down in the bar or whatever, having points, and then you'd go out and the lads would play it and you'd be like, where did that come from? Do you yeah. know what I mean? You'd be like, what was that about? We were just drinking points 10 minutes ago talking about fucking Alan Partridge and now, do you know. <laughs> no lads are bleeding from their face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now, now it's a bloodbath and fucking, <laughs> now it's a bloodbath and there's broken bits of guitar all over the place. So um, it was great. Like, Cortics were here. Yeah, oh, basically. absolutely, man. It's it's just, it's mad. There's a, there's a good video of Cortex on YouTube. It's the one from Dublin, from Tenderhooks, actually. And um, so or someone videoed pretty much the whole gig up there, and like the last, like ten minutes of it is just mayhem altogether. It's not a, it's not a gig. Like it's just, it's just people destroying instruments <laughs> and each other, and falling. And it was, it's just mad. It's pretty. And me trying desperately to protect my laptop. <laughs> you get to see me kind of like doing, like I'm crouching over it, like it's a child you in need, a fucking thunderstorm. You or needed a Cortex laptop, like a reinforced steel. We talked about it. We, me and Barry talked about either getting separate laptops or getting kind of like Pope Mobile glass fucking. <laughs> Casings bulletproof that we could that we could stand inside with our laptops while the lads fucking battered Safety. each other with guitars. Because <laughs> Barry, uh, Barry's he provided like um, noise and kind of sound samples. Yeah, like yeah, well, like all samples and soundscapes, and he'd kind of play his bass through the laptop and stuff like that. It just adding another like layer of like wildness to it is really cool. He actually played support that night as well to the show you did. The visuals, you remember you did visuals with for horse, yeah. And he played Mulligan, Mulligan, Mulligan before that. But oh, yeah, he's got he's got a good ear, that fella, man. Oh, really? Yeah, nice yeah. guy as he's well. He's great, great, yeah. Um, so what he had, Tinterhooks was another interesting one. So, yeah, that seemed to, to be like it's like it wasn't a bar or anything, it was like a kind of a community space or something. It was basically, I think it was like an old office building or something that they had like reclaimed for the people and um, they put on gigs and stuff in there. And anyway, yeah, there was like we we went up from Cork with a bisect and we were playing at that. And again, it was one of these things where like, like we'll say the vocalists like Pete and Liam, they kind of go out into the crowd and kind of like get people riled up and they're like screaming in people's faces and all that kind of stuff. And like, I don't know, whatever happened anyway, the people who ran Tenderhooks were like getting a bit upset about it, going like, this is a safe space. We can't be having this here and all this kind of stuff. And they were giving out about my visuals as well. They must have like, I don't know, but it, it, that just turned out to be like, yeah, we weren't we weren't very welcome there either after that gig. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's, I suppose it's, it's your right. It's your artistic expression, I suppose, you know. You're you see, yeah, this is the thing. Like no one, no one is hurt. Nothing happened to anyone. It's like it's going to see it's like going to like see theater or something like you know what i mean no one no one's really getting stabbed on the stage like yeah, do you know yeah, what i mean yeah. it's just like it's just 
it's yeah it's just an artistic expression kind of a thing like and I, ju- I don't know like people just if people want to get angry about it or something i guess maybe that that's kind of part of the remit all right was to provoke reactions from people but yeah. like i don't know it was ages ago i really like i don't hardly remember much <laughs> and as well i'm like like so like not at the forefront of the band that like most people wouldn't even know that i was there yeah. so <laughs> it didn't really matter too much to me good old cortex man i'd love to see them i'd love to see you back on the, on the circuit so absolutely oh it was some of the best fun i ever had like because you know like i'm not a musician at all so to to like to actually get to be in a band it was just such a laugh like i really used to love it like mm. but um yeah who knows it's a, a good it's a good way of in- finding yourself in a band as well though you know you might have people might never think oh yeah we'll have a visuals guy you know yeah absolutely yeah. like yeah. it does seem to be fairly rare enough now in in around the place so like i just thought i was delighted like to be honest and i presume you just wanted to like you said find stuff that looked as fucked up as possible yeah there was a lot of that right yeah we just wanted to get stuff that was like either just like either just stuff that was visually interesting or just like whatever would like just create that kind of atmosphere basically like because like most of the stuff whatever i had we kind of i'd slow it down or i'd speed it up or i kind of put strobes behind everything like so mostly it was like about creating the visual element basically it was kind of like whatever was on screen didn't really matter like i didn't have a specific like idea or message going through the sets but basically it was more like what's kind of like the shapes and images it's it's it's, it's so yeah. hard to explain i don't even know what it is to be honest <laughs> but like yeah it, it was what drives you i suppose yeah it know? was definitely very like confrontational stuff that we were looking at all right so what's in the future for ian ruby um yeah uh, i'm not movie wise and yeah whatever i'm not i'm not too sure really to be honest like i do want to make another movie all right and i'm kind of toying with a couple of ideas at the moment but like getting dead dogs together was so hard like i mean getting the money together and getting the right idea and all that kind of stuff so i need to kind of again i need to find kind of like a model that works for me um and then i might make a film as well but um i need to find like (laughs) edit that out please but um i've just got to use that (laughs) but um i just need i just need to find the right idea and the right like time frame and everything to try and make i'd love to make another feature because like this one did quite well and stuff and i just want to push it up more and like keep going like eventually you'd hope that like maybe someone will give you some money to make one and stuff like that not that i'm worried about money or anything but like it just would be cool because you can like you know you can expand your kind of scale and stuff a lot more plus you can invest back you know it's like it's if if some money comes from it yeah you can invest back into the into making movies you know absolutely like yeah. yeah so that anyway and then kind of some music videos i've got like i've got like two music videos kind of in the pipeline but i'm not they're at really early stages yet so i'm not 100 percent sure where um, i'm gonna go with those did you do a video for baylor yeah i did i did a video for baylor i think we did that in um february and um but it was recently shown at the indie cork film festival in the gate which was class to see a big metal music video (laughs) on on a cinema screen like in between a lot of uh short films and documentaries (laughs) it was just so weird it just went down for like three minutes and then it was gone and everyone was just i'd say people were just going like what the fuck is that because again it's a really like fast and aggressive kind of song and the video is really like choppy editing and like weird imagery like all scalpels and knives and stuff it's just so pure crazy goose. Pure, pure goose <laughs> so like it was pretty cool like yeah and uh so yeah like i, I did that one and like i hopefully now i'll do a few more videos coming up soon and stuff like that but uh we might talk about doing our video after this actually cool <laughs> yeah. good stuff let's do it <laughs> let's do it um so 
would you you obviously have a hope so for making another feature do you have you tried dabbled in say like short film yeah i did some shorts all right like um a couple of years ago i made two or three shorts we'll say in college you make a couple all right and that was great like you know i actually i even got to make one on film like on 16 mil film which was deadly and that got shown at the cork film festival in 2009 and um i made another one then in like 2011 um, oh that was great it was just on like a camcorder and I did everything myself like I acted in it and I shot it nice. in my bathroom on my own so it was really weird so I was like I'd set up the camera and then I'd like go in front of it and start acting and then I'd turn it around and I'd move it and start <laughs> acting again I'd say like uh, like I had like two or three points so I wouldn't feel foolish while I was doing it but I still felt foolish doing <laughs> it but luckily enough it turned out okay it was a pretty cool short and stuff I was okay. happy with it so like yeah I mean if I have the right idea for a short I do a short you know that kind of way but I just I think there's just more of a payoff for feature films and it, and and I want to eventually work in feature films so I just think that like to show people like it's totally different medium like the long form storytelling like so if I have a long form story is kind of what I'd be going for but if I had a good if I had an idea like for a good short I'd do that as well like you know. are you continuously writing not as much as I should to be honest with you I've I'm a, I've a pretty bad um writing kind of style where I just keep something in my head for ages and then I try to write it down which is terrible though because often then when I write it down I realise I just shit and I was like oh, I wasted so much time <laughs> thinking about that whereas if I just wrote it down immediately I would have realised it and moved on to the next thing so like I should probably like I'm trying to try and train myself now to write more often you know there's all these like writing exercises that you can do so you write every day and like basically get the shit out of your system but um yeah i'm just trying to i'm trying to get into that now at the moment but it's just like finding time and stuff to do it as well as just kind of nuts like in terms of style of movie like dead dogs was fairly dour and heavy going yeah. and it wasn't like a smiley happy movie you no. know what i mean would you do you find that maybe people might fall into a particular style of making a movie would you ever kind of want to like go oh you know what i make a, a comedy or a black comedy or would you be open to the idea of taking scripts in from people to Maybe I don't know about other people's scripts because I'd always find that um people are never really satisfied with what you do after you do it. Like that's kind of something that I've always found that like any time that I'm like working kind of for somebody else or with somebody else's material, it never. I, I it's 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 just always so hard. Like you you kind of don't want to do bad by the person you're working for, and then at the same time you can't really. I don't know. I just I never felt that it really worked for me. But I would like to do different kinds of movies. Like I'd love to do a comedy. Like I'm a massive comedy fan. Like, but it's just comedy is so hard. Like, yeah, it's so yeah, hard. It must be the hardest. It's definitely the hardest thing. Cause like even if you have a drama like people can say it was good or it was bad and but like there's no kind of proof but if you have a comedy and no one laughs at it it's definitely bad <laughs> do you know what i mean so but even finding the right people to play the you know finding funny people to play funny parts that's the hardest thing too that's that's it like it's like often i'd kind of go like i'd love to make a comedy but then i'd be kind of going but who who would do it like do you know what i mean it's just so hard besides mini there you go exactly yeah <laughs> mini would crush it like but it's just like comedy goal right there oh straight away but it's just like yeah it's just like trying to find the right people is just so it's uh, well I don't know like I mean here's the thing there's probably like loads of comedy actors now and if they're listening to this they're kind of going like fucking me I'm hilarious and they probably are but I just don't know them do you <laughs> know <laughs> it's terrible like I just find you'll have it. to put your email address at the end of this <laughs> absolutely yeah we gotta do something but, but like yeah people I'd, contact you cheers no I'd love to do something else different right but it's just it depends on what you're feeling at the time basically as well you know mm. Minnie asked you asked me to 
ask you about technology that you have <laughs> a lot of feelings about where technology is going oh yeah i don't know if you want to get into it or not but i can't even remember what most of my ideas were about technology though <laughs> maybe we'll leave them off yeah Just it's not great like i can't remember what it was <laughs> no nah, I've, I've got no really i i, I don't want to go into it mini <laughs> mini ambushing me <laughs> <laughs> from afar <laughs> that's how he rolls um, okay we might call it there fairly soon and maybe a few close old questions um, wh- what do you see for the future of uh, independent film where it's going and uh, have you would you have a- advice for like budding filmmakers you know sure mm. like yeah it's hard to say about independent filmmaking really it's really weird like like what you see happening in the states now is a bit weird and disheartening is that a filmmaker an independent filmmaker will make a well-received film that goes to Sundance or something and then they get hired to do Jurassic Park or fucking whatever it's called super robot team or whatever Marvel kind of films are coming out Avengers all this kind of jazz and I can't watch them at all oh no I couldn't I couldn't do it I'm I'm a 30 year old man do you know what I mean I I don't have time for it like I don't I I can't there's nothing in it for me like Captain America my balls absolutely not a bit I couldn't do it man I couldn't I'd rather watch surgery like it's horrendous it's like Transformers I think I watched about 20 minutes of the second one like I just I couldn't I oh like, man my brain can't handle this that's it I went to see the first Transformers in the cinema and I was crawling out of my skin I couldn't do it like it was just I don't know what it is but basically what they do is they they find a director who makes a well received indie film and then they're hired to do Marvel or whatever and then they're like oh here we go this is my chance blah 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 but what it is they're being hired because they've got no power if you know what I mean so like they're hired and then this is what I think maybe it's not true they're hired and then it go and then they're told basically okay you're going to do this you're going to do this you're going to do this like the films are directed for them before they even step on set like all you have to do is just be there and be a like none of these films have like a distinctive stamp of a director on them or anything like yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. they do maybe like Michael Bay with Transformers he does his own Michael Bay kind of thing and stuff like that but basically like like any of them could be any movie do you know what I mean they all look the same they all sound the same they all have the same actors in them they all have the exact like they're a strict pattern yeah exactly mm. it's like are you ever worried what's going to happen to the Avengers no they're going to be okay at the end <laughs> they're always going to save the world you know they're always going to save the world because there's four more films coming <laughs> up until 2020 so like why would you go see it like like what could you possibly get out of it you know exactly what's going to happen they're going to fight the bad guy they're going to make some lame jokes and then it's going to be over so but there, but that seems to be what people's like people think that that's what you should aim for you're going like man fucking I'll make these two or three little movies now and then I get to be fucking the director of Jurassic Park 8 fucking return to San Francisco or something do you know what I mean so like that's kind of terrible and again though like here's the thing planet of the Jurassic Apes yeah that's what it is Marvel's Marvel's Jurassic Apes part 7 it's fucking nuts like so like but then again even even to get to that level would be like fucking winning the Olympics like do you know what I mean even to get that like soul crushing directorial job would be amazing but for most like budding film directors you just want to like it depends on what you're into you know what I mean if you just want to make films then my advice would be make films like the only way to do it is to start is to literally just start like because once you start and once other people become involved you'll realise that you're so you'll be so ashamed of failing all these other people that you'll end up finishing it like the amount of times that I sat in my kitchen editing dead dogs going like how many people would be upset if I just stopped doing this now and there was no film and I was going like 10 maybe (laughs) but but I I didn't do it because I didn't want to leave people down who had invested time and fucking 
yeah. uh, talent and stuff in it. So basically what I'd always say is like, just start doing it. Start tomorrow. Start writing a script tomorrow. And as you're writing it, start like putting together things like achievable actions all the time. You're going to like, tomorrow I'm going to make sure that I have this character cast. Tomorrow I'm going to send this email to this person and that's going to get that done. That's the only way to do it. Like, because it does seem kind of insurmountable. Give yourself a time period and give yourself achievable goals and keep doing them. Just have a list. I had a, on my bedroom wall a list of all the scenes and dead dogs and we just crossed them out one by one by one and I also had next to it a list of each member of the cast and then as I hired an actor I'd write their name next to it nice. and by the end of it I had to have all the sheets filled out I had a couple of other things but those are the two main ones it gives you peace of mind doesn't it you're yeah like, oh, I don't have to think about that now anymore absolutely you're yeah. going that's done that's in the bag and that's the only way to do it like I mean that's what Oliver Stone said they said how do you make a film and he said inch by inch yeah. I think he said inch by fucking inch but whatever but um, that's how you do it like if you just just do this then do this then do this then do this and then you'll have a film at the end of it you know what I mean just yeah. keep your focus and keep moving and that's the only thing to do now how to get it out there for people to see it I don't know go to festivals and then see what happens I mean this is the thing like dead I suppose if you have a product at least you have the first battle that's oh, it like you know what I mean yeah well you have something you know yeah and you'll always have the film I mean once you make the film you'll always it's done like you know what I mean yeah man and you'll never know what can become of it someone could find it in the bin in 20 years time and you could become a famous outsider artist or something yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so like but do it like if you want to make movies make movies like stop watching Family Guy and go out and fucking start making films I know I said that sorry but like but st- but like just like, like stop watching telly and just go out and start doing things yeah. is my main a lot of it it's the same advice you'd offer to anyone who wants to do anything in any walk of life I suppose you know Yeah. just set achievable goals yeah exactly and just start doing it like nobody just arrived fully formed as doing as something like everyone had to go through the fucking little steps that you have to go through like yeah yeah who would you most like to direct in a movie who who would be your dream (laughs) dream actor oh jeez I don't know anyone who's anyone who's like really kind of good at the moment like I mean Michael Fassbender is really good he'd be brilliant I'd say if I had the right kind of role for him and then like someone like Michelle Williams is probably one of my favourite actresses she's fucking brilliant and she's so underrated like she'd be amazing as well like you'd be intimidated out who's though Michelle Williams again? she is she was Jen on Dawson's Creek and then she was in she's in Blue Valentine she was Heath Ledger's oh, wife you know yeah yeah in real yeah. life and she's in Shutter Island she's Leonardo DiCaprio's wife and you know she kills the kids and stuff like that why do I gravitate towards this shit but uh, do you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. but it's like she's, it's she's so I know but I'm really not though that's the thing like <laughs> but um you'll you make a comedy someday where people will be puking after going so heavy I yeah to. I'd be going like yeah this is my co- comedy opus <laughs> this is hilarious you're like actually made me sick <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but like yeah people like that like Fassbender Michelle Williams I Fassbender's don't know. good man he's unreal he's yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen him I've seen him in some bad movies but he's never been bad like that Prometheus movie was harsh shit but he was brilliant in it yeah Prometheus wasn't great that was brilliant in um Inglorious Bastards yeah you know and I didn't really like that either but he's really good in yeah, it he's brilliant in it yeah. yeah he's good he's just a guy he's really I don't know he just always he does one of these things where whoever he's playing he makes them like a real distinctive character a yeah. real person kind of I find with people sometimes when they're cast in a lot of movies it's hard to bug into the character because you know it's like I always compare it to Ocean's Eleven or something you know what I mean like you know you're like I can't believe that they're so cool yeah. you know what I mean because it's like I can't believe that they're amazing bank robbers because it's like at the end of the day it's Brad Pitt and George Clooney yeah you know? yeah like, I don't really buy into this you know but absolutely I find that with 
independent unknowns for this you know for the sake of a better word you don't they're not biased or tainted by a previous part they've played or you can really buy into the character that they're playing in a, in a movie then, absolutely you know? yeah, yeah definitely there's some like yeah anyone who's like you know like considered to be like a top movie star you're event- i think you eventually that's the, the the horrible thing about being an actor i'd say is that once you achieve like a massive level of success your career as like an actor is almost over like you know what i mean it's like no one's gonna believe that you're a fucking lawyer tom cruise do you know what i mean no one's gonna believe that you're some blue collar guy like fighting to save his family not that he does those kind of roles but you know what i mean it's like he, he did and um what was that it was the like, war yeah, of the worlds yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was like leave it go tom cruise <laughs> It's just like he's like it, it doesn't work anymore. Man. He's your trump card though. If aliens come to the dirt, give him Tom Cruise. There you go. Yeah, exactly. He can do fantastical <laughs> stuff, but don't don't try and be like you could never just imagine him being a guy drinking tea and smoking a cigarette or something. He's just like he wouldn't like, he, like Tom Cruise wouldn't do that. And and that's that's that that just ruins it for them. Like I think that's a problem with like people becoming celebrities and stuff as well. It's just so hard to imagine them being anything like being an actor i think the best best actors are kind of people you don't know anything about them you know who they are like killian murphy you know he doesn't give interviews or anything so you you don't really know what he's like you know what Mm -hmm. i mean to talk to so he's always is the character you know he's kind of elusive he's really good in peaky blinders well i only watched about three or four episodes of it but yeah have you seen that i haven't no i'm meaning to get into it right that's the thing i saw the first episode and i was like oh god the first half of it i was like oh this is gonna be shit and then it just kind of turned and i was like but I kind of saw three or four episodes and they were yeah. really good, really good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was brilliant in it, actually, Murphy. Yeah. He was in some play here in Cork last year. I was talking to him. Was it last year or the year before? Bally Turk. Bally Turk. Did yeah. you go to see that? No, no I missed it. It's supposed to be an absolutely bonkers. Oh, yeah, I'd mm. say so. But being into Walsh and, yeah, Killian Murphy, he did. they did one Mr. Man as well the year before, I think, and that was kind of similar as well. But uh, I don't know, I like I like that kind of stuff. I saw Killian Murphy in town about two weeks ago and I r- wouldn't think that I'd get starstruck. <laughs> but I was like, holy shit. And I just stood in the middle of the street and like watched him walk down the street. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing I've ever done. After a few minutes, I caught myself and I was like, oh God, what am I doing? Like, do you know what I mean? It's just it's someone so famous. Like, <laughs> He's what they touched him. <laughs> like, he, fucking, he nearly killed Batman. Like, <laughs> and he's walking down the alleyway next to Debenhams. It was crazy. He's probably on the way to buy new jobs. <laughs> there you go, yeah. He was probably doing something ridiculously mundane, but I was just like, holy shit. Fucking Kelly and Murphy, boy. Oh, man, yeah. It was like, going like, oh, should I go over? No, that's mental. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the last thing he wants. I kind of got that buzz last week. We went to see Mutoid Man there uh, last Wednesday. They played in Cypress Avenue, but oh, yeah. the drummer is the drummer from Converge, you know, and like, oh, yeah. he's an amazing drummer, but then you're like, you're kind of half starstruck looking at him kind of he's just on the stage in Cypress Avenue like this guy has drummed on some of the heaviest fucking albums ever and he's just there you know what I mean kind of oh, having yeah. a laugh you're like fuck me man <laughs> anyway what was what's the last really good movie you saw oh that's 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 hard now here's the thing I see dead him. dogs obviously there you go Boop. definitely last Sunday um, here's I was thinking about this recently there's a lot of good movies coming out but there's not really a lot of like really good movies and I think like or, like a really good movie is the one that like stays with you for years and you're thinking every now and again you find yourself thinking about it and stuff and I just I haven't seen anything like that in a long time in, in fucking maybe 10 years or something like do you know what I mean there's a film called Snowtown it's by the director of the new Macbeth film that's out and that one that's a one that like 
it like it was it's so intense like I felt I kind of I felt dirty after it it was like I couldn't sleep properly for days after I watched it it's really 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 the most creepy and intense thing I've ever seen like and I'll just say like anyone listening to it like if you go like oh I'll, I'll check that out please please be warned it's so so hard going like really snow tone yeah it's about um it's a true story about um a serial killer in australia in the early 90s and how it's it's the weirdest thing ever he actually convinced other people in the community to help him kill these people he basically got people he basically they used to have these meetings in his front room like local people where they'd kind of he'd decide that someone in their community was a paedophile and then they'd go and kill them and they used to keep their bodies in barrels and all this kind of stuff in his back garden it's it's so so intense like it's Mm. mad but like is it is there is it the cat is it an unknown cast so to speak (laughs) yeah the main guy in it used to be in neighbors but you wouldn't know that but then the rest of it were people from the actual neighborhood where the killings happened and but like they're they wouldn't like some of them wouldn't have been alive then or they wouldn't have like some of them barely kind of remembered it and stuff but it's nearly all an unknown cast and stuff like and it's just it's so intense like like that's one that kind of will say like stuck with me now for years like and stuff like that or like you know uh the tin red line the terence maddock film is like a war film from the 90s that's another kind of one like that that like it just Woody Harrelson he's in a yeah it's like it has a massive cast like everyone like George Clooney's in it Woody Harrelson Adrian Brody um, Nick Nolte John Travolta it's nuts but they're all in it for about two seconds it's nuts like there's this story that like Billy Bob Thornton went out there and he spent like four months out there shooting it and he wasn't in the film at all really he wasn't in one second of it (laughs) or that Adrian Brody thought that he was going to be the main character and then when he when when the final film came out he's in it for like 15 minutes that's yeah, mad, isn't it? it's nuts. Like, yeah, because yeah, that's the way that your man Terence Malick kind of makes up his films. Like, he like he doesn't work with a script, and he kind of feels it out as he's going along, and he shoots hours upon hours of film, and then edits them down in whatever way he wants after. But um, but like in terms of like recent stuff, I haven't seen. I've seen stuff that's good, but nothing that like really blew me away. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Would you be a fan of Wes Anderson and these people? A bit. Like, yeah. um, I'm kind of like. I'm a bit like I I kind of really want Wes Anderson to try something new kind of Jonah kind of I mean it's great that some that people have their kind of niches and stuff like that but I'd love to just like try and see somebody like maybe branch out or something sometimes I don't know if somebody gets into too much of a uh, a shtick sh- like a, a rot of, almost or yeah, yeah. A, a particular pattern like we were saying yeah. earlier yeah. but then there's some people and I don't want them to ever leave their pattern I'd say actually it's not a film but the last really good film I saw was the last series of This Is England that blew my mm. mind the like, movie the, f- the This Is England movie is incredible yeah man. it's unreal that's another one that would have, that just like sticks with you as well like Shane Meadows is a phenomenal filmmaker like so yeah Eden Lake have you seen Eden Lake I haven't no. no even though I know that that's got the guy from This Is England and Michael yeah, Fassbender in it so. that's what reminds me of it yeah. actually man that film lived with me for a while it was yeah. the closest thing to horror real life could be I thought yeah yeah heavy going um, Harmony Kareen what's your feeling on him I really liked him he was one of my guys growing up actually when I first saw Gummo I was only thinking about this the other day actually when I one weekend when I was a teenager I bought Gummo on VHS because I heard about it in like a magazine. What was fucked up? I know, yeah. I was like 15 years old. I bought Gummo on VHS and I bought The Benz by Radiohead and both of them pretty much changed my whole perception on films and music up to this day. Like, I really liked 
Yeah, Gummo is unreal. His second film, Julian Donkey Boy, is probably the better one. I, I love that. Actually, oh my god, it's phenomenal! Like mm. it's really, really good. Julian Donkey Boy. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's like this guy, and he's like um, schizophrenic, and he lives in um, an apartment with his sister and his father and his brother in New York, and like the the father is played by Werner Herzog. And he's just like a strict disciplinarian and his brother, he has a little brother who wants to be a wrestler and Werner Herzog is training him and the training involves having your man in his jocks and spraying him with a cold hose and telling him don't shiver, a winner doesn't shiver <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And anyway, like, yeah, and it's just about their like kind of really like kind of shitty lives yeah. in New York. It's really good. But like and then I didn't I went off him for years then he didn't really make movies he made one called Mr. Lonely that I didn't really like but then Spring Breakers came out a few years ago and I hated it when I first saw it and then I rewatched it like on Christmas Day last year and I, I kind of got it I liked I it a lot more I hated Spring Breakers really when I saw it I've only watched it once that's interesting yeah. you know you say it because I heard so many good things about it I was like oh this is going to be amazing I yeah. fucking hated it yeah it just, and I I, I I don't know was it the way it was shot or all the the slow-mo shots or something okay it wasn't John Woo slow-mo but yeah I don't know I just it just it just annoyed me to my core I think for some reason but maybe I need to go back and revisit it or something I think I appreciated the style of it kind of yeah was more than anything because the storyline is basically no storyline I think that if it was like maybe like 20 minutes shorter I would have liked it a bit more and stuff but like I definitely liked it more on second viewing than on first Franco viewing Franco was great I thought for me I was the only reason I stayed watching it was, was yeah, James Franco that was such a superb yeah outside yeah. of anything that he yeah. could have ever done kind of a, sh- a role like it was brilliant yeah, yeah. I really like that I like what I like about there's a couple of directors I like and what I more like is more than I like their films I like their kind of fucking their spirit or something yeah. and that's kind of how I'd feel about kind of Harmony Corrine like, okay, yeah. is that I, I like the fact that he's fucking that he's like swinging for the fences taking these massive artistic risks like well not, they're not massive artistic risks but like that he's trying something so outside of the norm like I mean no one else could have done that movie like that like you know what kind of way and I kind of respect that in a way when I see something that's so so like like so a uh, unique viewpoint mm-hmm. is very niche but then you kind of go a lot of these guys w- could pull just develop such a, a big kind of cult following in a sense that yeah. you kind of maybe they get to the point where they could release anything and they'll be like For oh definite. yeah the cult that he's fan base or whoever or will follow on you know absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely no that's 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 true of that's true of anything i suppose it's true of anything yeah yeah anyway um yeah, I think we've covered pretty much. We're now on 21 in anyway. Ah, cool. That's loads that's for a, people. That's a lot of time. Lot yeah, of time. They're, they're going to be sick of hearing me talk. <laughs> no one's ever talked at this length to me or listened to me at this length before. So, um, Ian, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a million for calling over. Uh, best of luck with future film endeavours and best of luck with Dead Dogs. Hopefully it'll um, maybe reap more rewards for you and get more successes uh, the longer it's out there. And... Uh, remember us small people when you're a big famous Hollywood director making Jurassic that's it like 15 I'm, sh- I'm being headhunted by Marvel as we speak I'd say they're, they're closely watching my uh, my uh, my film output write, a car- write in a Captain Ireland character and put oh, me oh that'd be brilliant you just have a guy called the Leprechaun and he <laughs> comes in he's one of the Avengers friends or something it'd be so good he's <laughs> just comedy kind of relief oh yeah yeah he's just coming in and it's just the most racist Irish thing ever he's kind of brilliant he's kind of like yeah I'll throw a couple of spuds at the fucking bad guy or whatever I don't know <laughs> the Americans will lap it up love that shit <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Best of luck, man. Thanks for calling over. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Cheers, Cheers. man.